Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Good morning. My name is Helen Freer. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I'll start us off this morning with an overview of the latest market news. So traders are awaiting the key event of the week that is the Jackson Hole Symposium, which gets underway tomorrow, where some are expecting hawkish comments from Federal Reserve officials. Also supporting this view was the comment by the Minneapolis Fed President Kashgari, who said that US inflation is very high and that the central bank must act to get it under control again. So with investors waiting for more clarity and after some weak economic data, equities retreated yesterday. In Europe, the major markets all closed in the red with the exception of Italian equities. They gained 1% over the day. The Eurostoxx 50 ended the day down 0.2%. The biggest faller among the major indices was the Swiss market index, which lost 1.4%. And then in the US, the Nasdaq Composite Index ended the day flat, the Dow Jones closed down 0.5%, and after swinging between gains and losses, the S&P 500 ended the day down 0.2%. Within the S&P, four of the 11 sectors posted a positive return over the day. By far, the biggest outperformer in terms of sectors was energy. The others were materials, consumer discretionary, and industrials. Real estate was the biggest detractor from returns. In Treasury markets yesterday, the US 10-year yield rose for a third day, ending up three basis points. And in overnight trading in the US, it has slipped by one basis point to 3.04%. In currencies, since the beginning of the year, the euro has dropped more than 12% versus the US dollar and is now below parity. Although the weaker euro makes exports more competitive, it also means that imports into the eurozone are more expensive, and this is adding to the challenges of the huge surge in energy prices and record inflation levels. And the Chinese yuan has fallen to its weakest level relative to the dollar for almost two years. Let's move on to commodities, where oil held gains near $93 a barrel after an industry report that showed that US crude stockpiles were falling. And this comes after comments from the Saudi Arabian energy minister that the OPEC plus group may need to cut production when it meets next month. We had a lot of flash PMI data yesterday. In the Eurozone, the composite flash PMI declined to 49.2 in August. This is the second consecutive monthly drop in economic activity in the Eurozone, and it was driven by a decline in manufacturing, although the rebound in services also slowed. Also noteworthy was that the overall fall in activity was largely attributable to Germany and France. Germany's weaker export sales contributed to the nation's biggest decline in output since June 2020. In the UK, the composite flash PMI dropped to 50.9 in August and the manufacturing PMI fell to 46.0. And in the US, PMI data came in weaker than expected with a composite PMI of 45.0 for August. With investors waiting to hear more from the Federal Reserve and the outlook for the global economy weighing on sentiment, stocks in Asia are down so far today. When I looked a few minutes ago, the Nikkei had lost 0.4% and the Hang Seng and the CSI 300 were both down by more than 1%. Similarly, futures this morning are down across both the US and Europe. 
So that's all from me for today. I'll hand over now to Dario, who's going to share his thoughts on Jackson Hole. Thank you. Good morning, Helen, and also good morning to all of you. Yeah, exactly, Jackson Hole. I mean, all are talking about this event at the moment, and, and I'm pretty sure also next week we will still be talking about it. Uh, investors simply have to digest uh, the information uh, we'll get over the coming days. Um, yeah, so basically once a year, the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City in, invites central bankers, other officials uh, and academics across the globe to discuss mostly more structural topics like what is a good monetary policy framework, for example. Uh, this year, the focus is on reassessing constraints on the economy and policy. Definitely uh, timely if we just think of the aggregate supply dynamics that we currently face and also the current high uh, inflation readings. We have already um, Fed Chair Powell and ECB's Schnabel as confirmed speakers, but the full agenda will only be published uh, tomorrow. So as always, rather on short notice for this event. Um, obviously, for financial markets, Helen, you said it just before, the imminent question is more of cyclical nature and remains how much economic pain is the Fed going to accept in order to bring down inflation as quickly as possible. And for bond markets, it seems that it's really difficult to, to handle the signals so far. We started the year with a dramatic repricing of the expected pause in policy rates. Then in June, recession fears became more dominant and longer term rates fell again. And now, well, now ahead of Jackson Hole, investors, Helen mentioned it, are again afraid of a more hawkish comment from uh, officials. And the result is just more volatility for bond markets and, and yields are going up again. Not at the highs that we experienced earlier this year, but still they're up. And at the same time, no wonder a more hawkish tone, or in this case here, already the expectation of it also means that um, this recent spread tightening of, for, for riskier segments that we had stopped for the time being. Um, yeah, and it's really about this question of how sticky inflation is. The best example is the UK. We saw it. The Bank of England already started to react last year, actually, and yet uh, we just got a double-digit headline inflation reading. So how sticky is inflation? Overall, we think um, central bankers definitely want to make sure how important it is to preserve price stability. And that ultimately is also the most important contribution that monetary policy can offer for medium to longer term growth, even if it means at the end some shorter term pain. So bond markets will have to digest this. We don't think that longer term yields should rise much more from here. But still, we can also not rule out that this hawkish central bank rhetoric might add to recession fears and lead to, to more spread widening of corporate credit markets in the short term. But still, given our fundamental assessment of the market, we would regard this as a buying opportunity for some selected and more moderate credit risk exposure. That's it from my side for today. Back to you, Helen. Thank you very much, Dario. And that concludes today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thank you very much to all of the speakers and thank you all for tuning in. I wish you all a great day and hope that you'll join us again tomorrow. Bye for now. 
The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.